0: This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski.
2: Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts.
0: Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker.
2: Why didn't somebody tell me?
0: Chicago
1: sports
3: betting show. Touchdown, Ohio State there are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying you've got to be kidding you kind of know what i'm thinking about
1: over or under under would be the key
3: word
2: Get the beer, chips, chili, dips, wings, pizza, squares, strip cards, prop bets, all of it ready for tomorrow, the big day, Super Bowl, of course. We will have a special edition of You Better, You Bet tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. right here on 670. The score, myself, Danny Parkins, Nick Costos, with all of our favorite ways to wager on this one. In the meantime, we go to one of my favorite early odds guests, friend of the show, Drew Dinsick. He's got to be a bat right now. I mean, he's got to be pulling all-nighters, bring him back to the college days, <laughs> staying up all night, watching the Aussie Open, see if those bets hit. The NBA is crawling to the all-star break, which will happen right here in Chicago. And uh, maybe we'll talk about the final target score, that new rule. And uh, most important of all, Drew has broken down the Super Bowl and has some prop bets for you. What's going on, Drew? Oh,
3: nothing bad at all. This is a great time of year. I absolutely love it when we get to uh, uh, have all of these high leverage, high stakes championships on the line. This is the best time of year. And uh, we got blessed with one of the most fun Super Bowls that I can handicap and that I can remember handicapping in all my years doing
2: this. In a couple of weeks, you're going to end up bored. And I think you're right. After that championship Sunday, most people, as long as you're not a Packers fan, a Titans fan, you walked away and said, okay, that's the matchup I wanted. And then, as usual, you wait and wait and wait. And then you're also waiting for the buzz. But but now that it's here, I think everybody's uh, back to where they were on championship Sunday.
3: Oh, great point. Yeah. No, no, no. I think um, – Uh, It's one of those matchups where it's so difficult to really come up with a highly confident take on either side or total just because these are sharp lines. We know these teams well. There's not like a clear, obvious differentiating angle uh, that I think uh, people are a little – a uh, little gun shy to really go out on a limb and say, "Oh no, this is this is my pick on the game. This is what I think is going to happen." And I think you know people have kind of toned down their uh, expectations a little bit as far as knowing what to expect here. But guess what? That makes it more entertaining. That makes it more exciting. Uh, I personally think that opens it up for a lot of opportunities to attack the uh, the live markets, the halftime markets. And uh, it's going to be a fantastic, entertaining game, even if you're not going to be betting on it.
2: I should mention Drew Dinsick, also known on Twitter as WhaleCapper, at Whale underscore Capper. He co-hosts the Deep Dive podcast. And, uh, Drew, you kind of took my first question there, because that is all I've been hearing from the sports betting community over the last, I'd say, week and a half. It's a coin flip game. I don't really know. I might just lay off a side. I might stay away from the totals. And I'll just deal with the props, because that's the beauty of About the Super Bowl, you don't have to pick a side or a total. There are so many different ways you can bet this game. Do you have a strong stance on a side?
3: I do. Um, I haven't really wavered. This is the most efficient market we're going to have seen, presumably. This is one of the more efficient markets we see in the sports cycle all year. right? Like They have so much information about both of these teams, how they match up what every, you know, meaningful, important, better in the marketplace's opinion is on this. And, you know, so theoretically, this should be a tough market to beat. That said, you know, and, and I've kind of sat down and tried to make the opposite case to see if there's any holes in some of my, you know, my theory or my, uh, my handicap here. And, no, I get it. I get why people like the Niners. I, I think the Chiefs are the right side of this one. I uh, haven't really wavered on this. I think they're the best team in football. And uh, a lot of it comes down to, you know, their specific strength and how it matches up against what I perceive to be a pretty clear and obvious weakness in the Niners' defense, which kind of opens up multitudes in terms of how they can get a winning ticket home. Uh, you can have a number of different game states play out, obviously. I think uh, it's entirely reasonable or possible to expect San Francisco to try to come out and be aggressive, to try to put uh, the Chiefs on their heels a little bit. We've seen Andy Reid start slow throughout these playoffs and just in general in big games he doesn't necessarily come out firing takes a couple of series to get a feel for what the defense is trying to do to stop them and make adjustments and then on top of that people look at the Niners defense and they say oh look at that pass rush they're incredible that's a matchup advantage against the offensive line for the Chiefs therefore they will get lots of sacks they will stop Pat Mahomes this is the exact defense to stop Pat Mahomes. Well, yeah, maybe for a series or two, maybe when their legs are fresh, maybe at the beginning of the game. But, you know, Pat Mahomes has been consistently able to break the pocket, to extend plays. And when you if you can put pressure on this secondary for the San Francisco 49ers to cover the number two, number three, number four wide receiving threats for this uh, Chiefs team four, five, six seconds after the snap, there are going to be guys that are just running free all over the field. Mahomes can hit home runs. This sets up well, I believe, for either the Niners go out to a lead and the Chiefs come storming back, or mm-hmm. if the Niners sputter at all offensively, I think the Chiefs uh, can pull this out wire to wire. It's really just a matter of how many opportunities they have in this game as to how many points they're going to score, in my opinion, because, uh, like I said, I think once you get a couple of snap, couple of drives, a couple of series of uh, action, in the uh, D-line legs for the Niners, uh, I think that's going to limit their ability to get home on Pat Mahomes. Uh, and uh, good luck uh, stopping the home run play if you can't get them, get them in the backfield.
2: I find this so interesting for a few different reasons. To your point about San Francisco jumping out on top, they are third this year in scoring in the first quarter, and then Kansas City is number one in the second quarter at scoring over 12 points per game in that quarter, if you put anything into that. And, you uh, you're right. The games against the Texans and the Titans, you, you sat there and you're watching. Okay, they're trailing, but it's a matter of time. It's a matter of time. And can they repeat that type of performance with San Francisco? I, I got to be honest. I'm one of those other people, and I find this so intriguing because you're much closer to the San Francisco situation out there in California. And, and I considered the the Super Bowl experience. San Francisco has eight players compared to two for Kansas City with the experience. We've seen what the defense can do when they are healthy. I think this is by far the toughest opponent that Kansas City has faced all year. And uh, we've heard about how great that Chiefs defense has been over the second half or certainly improved. But when you start looking at the opponents like Trubisky and Locke in one of his first starts and what was Phillip Rivers at one time in a couple of starts, uh, this version of Tom Brady, there's always questions about Andy Reid in a big spot, even though he is great off the bye. We've talked about that. Is Mahomes so good that even if you can make a case for San Francisco, he just neutralizes all of that?
3: In my opinion, yeah. It's relentless. It's relentless. What lead is safe? If you're backing the San Francisco 49ers, like at what you have to have probably uh, a nine-point lead with one second on the clock. Drew, we had so this like, con- get that
2: we had this conversation last week on the station at halftime for you to say the Chiefs are done. What would the lead have to be? More than four scores for yeah, me.
3: I would agree. Wow, I, I think it has to be more than four scores, even later in the game. Like, we've seen Pat Mahomes score 48 right. points in one quarter twice I, this year. Middle of the it third quarter? <laughs> yeah, Five right, scores, yeah, middle yeah, of yeah. the third? Yeah. There you go. That, at that point, I'm feeling pretty comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you, you look at, uh, like, if, if you want to kind of break this down into kind of potential for, you know, taking in play action or halftime action, like, in order to prevent the comeback, you need a pretty straightforward recipe, right? Like, you need to be able to run the ball the Niners can do that check. So they can potentially shorten the second half just from a running standpoint. Like I completely acknowledge that, uh, that you need to presumably you need to have uh, a pretty decent pass rush. Your defense on the field facing a lot of um, obvious passing downs, uh, and you're going to need to get after them and you're going to need to create sacks uh, that will stop drives that will prevent comeback. And, yeah, the Niners can do that. Uh, the third thing that's pretty important, though, and where I think the Niners come up wanting is you need to be able to have tight coverage on all of the multitudes of players in the field who can really hit you with a quick score. And that's where I see them coming up short. Uh, any, even if you're talking about a drive where Nick Bosa creates an unbelievable disruptive play on second down and sacks Pat Mahomes eight yards by the line of scrimmage and third and 18 now, I'm still not all that concerned about them converting for a first down. Because all you need is five, six seconds of time in the backfield, letting your receivers uh, create separation and uh, pick apart the zone defense that the Niners tend to lean on. And you know. so the coverage aspects of this game in terms of stopping Mahomes, like, will they be able to do it on some drives? Sure. Will they be able to do it early in the game? Probably. But... It's just it's relentless, and at some point it's gonna, you're going to break down. Even a defense, a pass defense as amazing as the Patriots was last year in the NFC title game, they couldn't hold a 14-point lead, and they had one of the best, most talented, deepest pass coverage units that we've seen in the NFL in a long time with a fully healthy Mahomes, with a, uh, an intact offensive line, and with a full complement of receivers and tight ends and a you know, pass-catching running back. Like, the, the, the ceiling for this offense is pretty much untapped, in my opinion. And, you know, does that mean they're going to go score 40, 50 points? Well, it kind of depends on game state. If they have to score 40, can they? Yes. If they get out to a big lead, uh, am I a little, little nervous as a Chiefs backer? Yeah, I am. And I think we haven't really talked much, but there are plenty of advantages for the 49ers offense here. Against the Chiefs defense, I don't love the Chiefs being able to retain a big lead in this game. They can't run the ball as well. They fail that test right off the bat. Uh, Their pass rush is entirely dependent on one player pretty much. Chris Jones may be able to be disruptive in this game, but I'm not especially counting on it. I think they're pretty one-dimensional in the pass rush with Frank Clark. And their coverage has holes. They have a couple of key players, but their linebackers are, are poor in coverage. And uh, nickel backs on the field are going to be, you know, places where you can exploit them if you're, you know, a genius offensive coordinator like uh, Kyle Shanahan. Is. So with a, a pretty healthy lead, I'm nervous as a Chiefs backer in this game. Uh, I almost would rather see this be um, a kind of game where they trade scores for three quarters, and the pressure starts to mount on San Francisco to continue to go score for score with Kansas City because. The way I see this playing out, if I had to kind of construct a most likely script, I think we see the Niners get out to an early score. I think we see the Chiefs answer. I think this becomes back and forth. And at some point, the Chiefs continue to score where the Niners start to come up short, not unlike what we saw with the uh, Titans uh, game and not unlike what we saw with the Texans. And it's so hard to contain these guys for four quarters because, number one, they have a such a full and healthy dynamic set of weapons in the passing game. And uh, number two, Pat Mahomes, is is on another level right now.
2: With Drew Densick on 670, the score, you've got early odds. Joe Ostrowski here. And, And, Drew, let's get to the total. I thought there would be some recency bias, expecting a shootout a year ago in the Super Bowl, and nothing happened. The under cruises in, all the under props come in, and the books just absolutely make a killing, and bookmakers are begging for somebody to bet the under, this total went from 51 to 54 and a half. Anything you like there yeah, as think, far as the total or even one of the team totals?
3: Yeah, I think uh, the over is the side here. And you're saying you didn't see the recency bias? You, you think that I, uh, I thought I, there I, would
2: be some under bets coming in at some point. It sounds like that's not it, happening. It, my
3: my guess is that the recency bias for the you know what happened last year in the Super Bowl, some of the totals that they hung for Chiefs games this this off season, the Niners totals this off season, um, like I think all of that kind of informed a relatively low opener. Like yeah, what did this open 51 fifty one fifty two fifty one? Um, yeah, you know, think about like the Falcons Patriots game, Fal- Falcons Patriots Super Bowl. Uh, that total closed fifty seven, right? <laughs> like. That would have been my starting point for this game. I, I honestly, I don't know why they're giving us a healthy crack at numbers under 56 in this one because you, you're telling me that neither of these offenses is expected to score four touchdowns. I have a very tough time believing that. They are both entirely capable uh, of crafting you know home run plays, short drives, unstoppable scheme. This is an overbetter's delight, in my opinion. I don't think it goes to say like 80 or 100 points, but that's also not crazy. We saw head-to-head with two dynamic offenses between the Chiefs and the Rams last season in uh-huh. the regular season. You remember how many points were scored in that one? It was like 105 or something. And we uh, saw and the then,
2: Niners and the Saints this season.
3: Niners and the Saints this season was that Was that ninety-three? Uh, yeah, uh, ninety-three. Yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, like these teams, like they're capable of going score for score, and they've done it in the past. We have evidence of it happening now to get to 105. There's going to be have to be some fluky stuff, right? You're going to have to have some defensive turnovers, defensive scores, maybe you know special team scores potentially. But we only have to get to 54 here, and I know that just in the in the grand scheme of things, you know, we have to get to 55. I guess I'm betting over 54 and a half. Uh, but uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like yeah, that's a big number. But you know, these two teams, their key strengths, their key advantages against their opponent exist on the offense, not unlike uh Pat's Eagles, for instance. Like yeah. Right. Uh, Eagles defense, like they got there because their defense was amazing. They got there because their defensive line was ferocious. They had wave after wave of guys they could roll into the pass rush and, and make you miserable. That's like that entire Eagles run was predicated on how well that defense played. They scored 41 points in the Super Bowl. They conceded 33.
2: 30 to 27 <laughs> feels low. It
3: does, doesn't it? Yeah. I, and that's 57 points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's funny is that, like, and, I, and I'm sure people listening probably feel like, Man, I'm making this sound like the bed of the bed of the century when, in reality, I you know I recognize this is it's going to be tough. Like a lot of things have to go right. There are for sure are clear examples in Chiefs this season uh, and in Super Bowls in the past where you had you know an all universe offense you know roll into the big show and sputter a little bit. Right, first ever season that the greatest show on turf uh, made it to the Super Bowl. What did they manage in the first half? Three twenty-seven yard field goals. Nine nine nothing at halftime. That kind of stuff happens, and you know that that dynamic offense. They gained like 500 yards in the game, but they only got to 23 points. It's just a matter of if things didn't go quite right in the red zone. Uh, the key drops, key penalties. That stuff can happen. The ball can bounce in a weird direction. You can have. You know, red zone turnovers, especially the the Niners may take points off the board with red zone turnovers in this game. With the you know the way that Jimmy G tends to kind of you know lose his cool on one or two passes a game, I think the uh, correct side here is the over. I, I would have put this number in the 57 range myself, um, and so I'm happy taking over 54 and a half.
2: All right. Before we get to your favorite props, I want to hit on the most popular ones. Uh, see if you got any any thoughts, any bets, anything on these. Uh, the MVP, always the most popular prop, Gatorade, and the coin toss. Any of those interest you?
3: Mm. I play the coin toss every year, and I play tails just because I'm <laughs> sick like that. I guess everybody um... does.
2: Yes, <laughs> they say that uh, that's by far the more popular play. Oh, C- contrarian sure. is heads. Yeah,
3: yeah that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh well i'm with the public on tails. okay um never fails I've, I've, I've heard this is a hardcore handicapping angle you're only going to get this here tails apparently never fail um i'll pay the juice. The, uh, sure <laughs> gatorade color is a fun one too uh i personally think uh lemon lime is your should be your favorite i have gotten a kick out of the uh the people who have circulated the uh, conspiracy theories about purple for Kobe, and, and uh, I like, even independently I had made a purple play because um, I had <laughs> talked to somebody who's on the training staff of the uh, of the Niners and said that uh, they had had purple for a majority of the season. Oh, um, but, it could, but well, he, it could but be lemon he, lime it, for Kobe. It could be lemon lime for Kobe too. And you look at the Chiefs. There's photographic evidence of Andy Reid getting a you know a Gatorade dump, and it was lemon lime. Uh, and so that's that's kind of good enough for me, I guess. Um, but yeah, you know, these are fun props. I'm not going crazy on this stuff, but I do think uh, I do think we see a lemon lime Gatorade shower because I think it's going to be on the Chiefs sideline. Uh, but I don't hate uh, hate a play on purple because I think that's what we see if uh, if it goes the way of the Niners.
2: No mention of red. Joey Kanish was all over that early on. Ah, he thought he had some value. Primary colors for both sides. And yeah, more and more you think about it, I don't think red's involved here.
3: I got to <laughs> tell you what, man. You know why red's not involved?
2: Because because it, it ain't you know happening.
3: You know why it's never been involved? Never? Go back through every uh, every photograph of every coach getting a Gatorade shower after a Super Bowl. Not one red. Huh. You think that's an accident? It's not an accident. It's because if you spill red Gatorade on a white jersey,
2: oh. it
3: looks like blood. And you got to go change your shirt. You you want to take uh, you you want to get red jer- red Gatorade all over uh, Pat Mahomes' white pants and have to have him go miss a series while he goes and changes his pants because they think it's blood. I don't think so. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty pretty common knowledge among the uh, the world of uh, of trainers that uh, you don't put red Gatorade on the sidelines if it's because uh, it could potentially uh, stain the uniforms and look like blood.
2: Yeah, it sounds like it's all fun with the Gatorade prop. You haven't done any work on this at all. No no thought process at all. Okay, w- w- what are your favorite props? Uh, I, I forgot to mention MVP.
3: I didn't yeah. make a play on MVP, but I do see how that is the fun one. Uh, and it's only fun if you're... You know, pretty confident San Francisco wins. I think you know Jimmy Garoppolo is the rightful favorite, but his price is a little short. You know, if you're looking for a Niners player, I'm probably looking for Mostert just because uh, I think there will be some residual voter mindset to reward him for how absolutely incredible he was in the NFC title game. All he has to do is have a good game in this one, and he's value at six to one in my opinion. Um, but uh, as mentioned, I think Pat Mahomes shows out. You know, I think Sunday is his day, and uh, I think uh, I think you're talking about Pat Mahomes MVP. Yeah. Um, I, play, I just, can't, I I just
2: can't justify making that play at even money, if you can just take the Chiefs, Chiefs minus those, one. Just yeah. take the Chiefs. Yeah, just yeah. take the Chiefs. What about some of the yeah. other ones, player, team, entertainment, whatever?
3: I tried to do a little bit of, I guess not really hedging, so to speak, but kind of shooting for a little bit of a middle here. Because as, as mentioned, I like the Chiefs to go over their team total. I like the over in the game, and I like the Chiefs to cover the one and a half. You know, I kind of want to say, okay, well, what are some props I can kind of fill out my portfolio here in case things go sideways? Uh, so I'm looking at uh, Niners sacks over. I'm looking at Jimmy Garoppolo pass completions over. Uh, I'm trying to cover myself from the, the game state where the Chiefs can't make a comeback because the defense does get home. And I'm trying to cover myself from uh, the standpoint of the, the Chiefs defense can't hold off the Niners if they have a lead. Some of those numbers that I got, I think, are still. Widely available, specifically the completions. I think Jimmy Garoppolo over eighteen and a half, or even nineteen and a half completions. I think has value still. Mm-hmm. Um, I think is a good number, and it's all kind of playing into the same kind of you know game state conversation where I don't see us looking up at the score sheet like we had at the end of that uh, packers game and he has eight attempts you know he's gonna have to you know, there will be times in this game where they are behind and he's gonna you know the ball's gonna be in his hands and that he's gonna be asked to make some plays i think specifically in the second half of this one i think the targets are going to be open for him to make those completions so i don't see this as the kind of game where he has 16 completions on 40 targets or something like that or 40 pass attempts or something like that um so Jimmy G over completions is, is one of my favorites. This uh, the other one I played, which has just gotten bit into oblivion, uh, was the Kittle yard yardage over. I personally think Kittle's going to get somewhere in the ballpark of eight to twelve targets in this game. His matchup against the linebacking core for the uh, Chiefs is an utter nightmare in favor of Kittle, uh, and so he and he's kind of you know serves as somewhat of a safety blanket for Jimmy Garoppolo if uh, the pocket starts to collapse or. Uh, if the coverage is decent downfield. So I think Kittle's going to get the lion's share of the yardage in this one from a receiving standpoint. I bet over 68.5 uh, at close to even money. It's juicy as can be, and I think there probably are some books out there that are hanging numbers that are in the 70s, uh, which I still see some value on because, to me, Kittle, yardage, fair price is uh, in the 84 range. So that's my favorite player prop looks. All right. And, uh, yeah.
2: No Demi Lovato over? No butt cleavage from J-Lo?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I like Demi Lovato under. and
2: that's getting Really? Over. I was watching yeah. the, the Mayweather-McGregor anthem, and she went way over the line they set.
3: Mm. mm. I'm going to have to rethink my position on she
2: that. T- um. well, uh, look it up on YouTube. She took her time, and yeah. But I don't know. Okay. A lot of times you see the anthem at the Super Bowl, and they, they do go much quicker. Little nerves.
3: Yeah, yeah. Demi Bolavado's, uh, she's kind of turned a page in her life since that that, that <laughs> time as well. Uh, so to a degree, she may be, uh, maybe a little more workmanlike, maybe a little more efficient here.
2: I mean, uh, we'll just throw yeah, anything in a handicap. <laughs> I
3: know, I know. My, my, uh, my only angle on it really was that, uh, you know, traditionally this is in the 110-second range. Now you can get 124, so mm-hmm. I bet the under. <laughs> that was really my only angle.
2: There you go, Drew Densick. Check out the Deep Dive podcast with Andy. He's on Twitter at whale underscore capper. Best of luck tomorrow, Drew. Thanks.
3: Hey, you too, and uh, best of luck to you guys. It's been a ton ton of fun this season. Hope everybody had a great time, and uh, great, great job by you.
2: Always appreciate Drew's time on Early Odds. My name is Joe Ostrowski, and I'm going to be back in 24 hours breaking down every angle of the Super Bowl with Danny Parkins and Nick Costos on You Better You Bet. Inside the clubhouse with Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel is next on The Score. Don't trade Chris Bryant.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
0: podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
1: you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey